You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 108, How I Learned to Read Minds. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Hey, welcome to the show. I knew you were going to show up today. I read minds. That's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to share with you how I learned to read minds, and I think you're going to find it uh, interesting, very interesting. Hey, I want to uh, say hi to all of our uh, our folks around the country who've been writing. You've been so good. You've been writing to us and uh, telling us all kinds of ideas for shows and and how the show has made a difference in your life, and I truly appreciate that. Got a wonderful... Uh, uh, email from uh, Talia, and she writes, uh, she said, I recently came across your podcast, and it has been a true and honest blessing. The biggest takeaway from the talks I've heard so far is that our faith journey is exactly that, a journey. Your podcast on isolating spiritual disciplines and the other on feel like quitting is exactly what I needed to hear, practical and encouraging. I've begun to perform an examination of conscience each night as a way of beginning to isolate spiritual disciplines one at a time, and my battle with constant fatigue seems less daunting. Thank you, Talia, for uh, writing. Really appreciate that. Lily writes and says, good evening. I love the show. So thankful I found it. Mind you, while looking for something else on YouTube, listening to a few videos somewhere along the way. I heard the name Jeff Cavins, and then I started searching for any videos that YouTube might have. Ended up Googling the name and found the podcast show. Immediately subscribed as I resonated so much with the topics. Funniest part is, I was initially trying to find a YouTube video guide for an easy step-by-step way of reading the Bible. I ended up buying the timeline, and I'm so grateful for God's beautiful way of showing me he hears me. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, Lily. I appreciate your, uh, your comments. That is so good to, to, to hear. It's amazing, isn't it, how many times people are, are searching on the web for something like anxiety, or you know, they're searching for, you know, for something else in their, in their life, and then they find another topic that kind of gets them interested, and all of a sudden they dive in like Lily did there with, you know, with um, the uh, the Bible study. So I really appreciate that. I really, I really do. Hey, I'm going to talk today about uh, how I have learned to read minds, and I think you're going to be interested in this because you just might have the gift that I'm talking about. I discovered long ago that I had this gift to read minds, and uh, and I started to act on it and. Man, I was right. I was right, and uh, and and I want to share that with you today. You know, there's been several times when someone treated me really, really poorly, as well as a lot of times where people treated me very, very well. But there have been times when people treated me very poorly, and I thought to myself, I would never treat someone like that. When they treated me poorly, I actually wanted to be treated well. <laughs> Go figure. Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever felt like, you know, when somebody treated you so poorly and you thought, man, I'd never do that? Or you hear people say, I would never wish wish this on my worst enemy, right? Well, I started to, uh, to realize that I had this gift of reading minds uh, when I started to do some introspection and to look at, in my own life, the way I wanted 
to be treated. And then I, I found a scripture in the Bible, which kind of cracked this whole thing open for me. And it was from Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. And Matthew chapter 7 and, uh, and verse 12 uh, says, I love it, it says, so whatever you wish that men would do to you, do so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Now that's a, that's a, a powerful scripture, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12, and it's, it's often called, what, the golden rule, right? You treat other people the way you would want to be treated. Now, that actually uh, is related to something else that Jesus said in Matthew 22 and verse 36. I got all this in the show notes for you, by the way. And if you don't get show notes, send me an email, thejeffcavenshow at ascensionpress.com. I'll, we'll get those for you every single, every single episode. Well, Matthew 22 says, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, this, this scripture comes from really two sources in the Old Testament. It comes from what's called the Shema, Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. In Hebrew, it's Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. So hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your might. And then Leviticus 19.18 says, you shall not take vengeance or bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And so there's this basic principle that whatever you wish people would do to you, do so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. So I got to thinking, and I, I kind of realized this a long time ago, but sometimes, you know, you forget truths that you have gained along the journey, and then all of a sudden they crop up, and you think, wow, I got to pay attention to that again. Well, that was the truth not too long ago with this particular teaching in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. So whatever you wish that men would do to you, so do to them. So let me ask you a question as we get deeper into this today about the fact that I, I have learned to read minds. What do you wish people would do to you? Do you wish that people would treat you kindly? Do you wish that people would be understanding and respectful and friendly? Uh, do, you, you, do, you, do you wish that people would forgive you in, in your life? Well, the odds are then that if you would like all these things to happen to you and you would like people to be treated that way, then I pretty much bet that the people you are interfacing with at work and at home and your neighborhood and so forth, that they want the same thing. And so this is sort of key to what I'm talking about today. As I, as I encounter people at the coffee shop or at the store, the gas station, at the airport, whatever it might be, I've got a good idea that they would like to be treated the way I would like to be treated. Therefore, I think I can read their mind. I think I can read their mind. We can become incredibly self-centered, can't we? And, and only pay attention to how we are being treated or how we want to be treated. But when we are activated disciples, when we begin to walk as Christians, we walk with the Lord, 
we pay attention to how others would like to be treated. And we know how they would like to be treated because we would like to be treated that way. So I can read everybody's mind when I'm out there talking to them because I know what I would like in my life and I know how I would like them to treat me. And so how do you want to be treated? How do I want to be treated? Now, this goes for your relationships at home with your spouse. You know how your spouse wants to be treated. How? You know how you want to be treated, right? You can read your wife's mind. You can read your husband's mind. That's right. You know very well. How about at work? Same thing. All of the associates at work, you know how they want to be treated as well. What about dating? In your dates that you go on, you know how that person wants to be treated with respect and compassion and gentleness, right? You, you know that. And, and you also know about uh, when you call up for tech help. <laughs> I'm telling you what, uh, that, that tests you right there, doesn't it? But I, let, me, let me just exercise the skill I've got at mind reading. I know that when I call up for tech help, that that person that I'm talking to, which I might get frustrated with, would like me to treat them with some patience, right? I know that. Man, I'm good at this, okay? And so you call up tech help. And uh, I know right away they want to, the way they want to be treated because if I was sitting in a in a stall somewhere in a booth somewhere in a in a, you know some other city uh, taking your questions, I know I'd like to be treated with respect. What about when you go to the post office or what about the waitress or the waiter that's uh, helping you at the restaurant? I know what they're thinking. I can read their mind. I really can. They, they want me to be polite and they want me to be generous. I know it very well. What about the flight attendant when you take a flight? You see, I can read all their minds really, really well because I know the golden rule. Have you ever been treated poorly knowing that that person wouldn't want to be treated that way? Or have you treated someone that way? The way that I want to be treated is not abnormal at all. It's the way that we are created. And so I'd like to take just a few minutes uh, this week and, and talk about some of the ways that I know people want to be treated because I would like to be treated that way. In other words, I can read their mind when I'm looking at them and talking to them on the airplane or the, the restaurant or the post office or, uh, you know, for you that are dating or me at home with my children, man, I can read their mind. So let's look at a few areas, shall we? What about understanding? You know, I want to be treated with understanding. Uh, understanding. And, and also, uh, I know that the people I'm talking to want to be treated with understanding. They want to be understood. Allowing people to be, you know, understanding is allowing people to be imperfect and yet still loving them. It's not treating them harshly. And just because they didn't meet our expectations, you know, or, or our standards, they still want to be treated in a loving way, just like you. And when we mess up and when we goof up or we don't meet someone's standards or their expectations, we would hope that they would be understanding toward us, right? I think I'm on to something there. I think that's I think that's true. And so if I meet someone who isn't meeting my great expectations and standards and so forth, then I need to be understanding. And I think that's what they would want. I think I'm reading their mind correctly there. What about forgiveness? You know, forgiveness is 
is releasing people in our hearts and minds from owing us something because of a wrong they've done to us. Uh, not holding a previous wrong over someone's head, willing willingness to seek reconciliation when it's appropriate. And so as I talk to people and and I realize I realize that that some wrong has happened, I know that they would want me to forgive and to release them. I know they're thinking that. I know that. And so I'm going to walk that way. Why? Because just what Jesus said, uh, if I goof up or if I sin or if I, if I say something that was inappropriate, I would like forgiveness. I really would. So I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I can read your mind. You want me to walk in forgiveness. You want to receive forgiveness, just like me. How about compassion? Compassion's a big one, you know, and we're out there and we're living our life and and uh, you run into you run into people, and uh, you have a bad day, for example, when you have a bad day, what what do you want from other people? Well, if you're having a really bad day, you would want them to be compassionate towards you, right? To join with you in that in that suffering that you that you might be going through. And so many times when I've been suffering, you know in my life, whether it's physical or whether it's emotional, and I just wish that somebody would be compassionate, not judge me, but to be compassionate. And so if you happen to be down and out or going through something very difficult, guess what? I can read your mind. I can read your mind. You want me to be compassionate towards you. And isn't that what we want in our own lives? How about respect? <laughs> you know, that's, this, is a, this is a big one, isn't it, today? Everybody wants to be respected. Don't diss me don't diss me. They want to be respected. Um, and I want to be respected. I don't like to be disrespected. So when, I'm, when I am uh, interacting with somebody, I can read their mind. Of course I can. They want to be respected. They do. And you would probably prefer to be given respect, not insulted. Am I right? Did I, did I read your mind correctly there? I nailed it, didn't I? <laughs> I'm good at this stuff. I know it. How about friendly? friendly. A lot of people say I don't make very many friends or I can't make friends. And and one of the things that we have to really look at there is are you friendly, you know? And one of the best ways to make friends is to uh is to reach out and become a friend in people's lives. And you would probably like others to be friendly towards you, wouldn't you? Right. See, I read your mind again. Bingo. Gift exhibited. I nailed it again. And I'm really good at this. I mean, I can read your mind. You want you want people to be friendly towards you, and I do too. And all kidding aside, I really want people to be friendly towards me, and I should treat people that way. I should be a friendly person. You see how this kind of works here in that when we're talking about understanding or forgiveness or compassion or respect or, or being friendly, I know that people want these things because... I want these things, and I want to treat people the way I would want to be treated. This gift that I have of reading minds is something that uh, I think you might have too. You might just have that, that incredible gift. And the thing that we need to do is exercise that gift. Now, I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I'm going to introduce you to something that the Catechism is referring to about the fruit of the Spirit that can really, really help us cultivate this uh, in our lives.
This is fun, isn't it? Reading minds. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. And if you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back. I knew that you were going to come back. I absolutely knew it. We're talking about reading minds today, and I think you get the truth here that I don't have any telepathic, you know, special skills or anything like that. I'm not involved in the occult or or anything like that, but I can read minds because I know what I would like in my own life, and if I would like someone to be friendly or patient or kind or loving to me, uh, yeah, you better bet they want it too. And so, uh, we can kind of study ourselves and then begin to love and and, uh, and care for other people because we know what they're thinking as well. And you know what happens when you do this? You just become a heck of a guy. <laughs> you become somebody that people want to be around because uh, they want to be treated that way. Now, in the in the catechism, it talks about um, the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, and this comes from Galatians chapter five and verses 22 and 23. It says, Paul says to the Galatians, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And so he gives this marvelous list of the fruit of the Spirit. And of course, the fruit of the Spirit is the result of union with God and living with God and obeying God. And this fruit begins to develop in your life. And you are a branch, he's the vine, and as you are are nourished by the vine, Jesus, uh, fruit begins to appear in your, in your life. And this fruit is to be given away, right? We're going to give this to other people. I'm going to be loving and joyful and peaceful and patient, kind, good, faithful. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to have self-control. This is the way I'm going to treat people. And I happen to know because of the great gift that I possess of reading minds, I know that other people want this as well. And that if I love them and I'm patient with them and kind, they might just say, man, that's just what I needed. And I'm thinking privately, (laughs) I knew that. I knew it. And so let's look at these real quickly. We've got, we've got several of them. Love is one of them. Um, I know that people want to be loved because I want to be loved. I truly do. I'm being honest. I want to be loved. Um, I like to be loved by my family. I like to be loved by you. Uh, I like to be loved most of all by, by Jesus. You know, I, I, I love that. Uh, pardon the pun, but I do. I actually do. Catechism says in paragraph 221, all this are in the notes again. uh, He says, uh, the catechism says, but St. John goes even further when he affirms that God is love. God's very being is love. By sending his only son in the spirit of love in the fullness of time, God has revealed his innermost secret. God in himself is an eternal exchange of love, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he has destined us to share in that exchange. We have a desire for this. And this comes from God. So to choose the best for another, no matter what the cost to yourself, that's love. Unconditional love. Love describes a life 
life-enhancing action that flows from God. It's goodwill in action, if you will. And God, we know, loves the unlovable, not because we deserve to be loved, but because it is his nature to do so. And God's love is most clearly seen at the cross where Christ died for those who were dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1. Not because we did anything to deserve it, but God commands his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So this idea of love is to choose the best for another and for their eternal good. And I want that. I wish people would treat me that way, to be honest with you. And I, and I want to treat other people that way. I want to treat you the way I want to be treated. I know what you're thinking. You want to be loved. You also want joy, right? I like what it says in Nehemiah 8 and verse 10. It's beautiful. It says, uh, do not be grieved, sad, sorrowful, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of your Lord uh, of the Lord is your strength. And that is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When I am obedient to the Lord and walking in union with the Lord and one with the Lord, there is a joy that rises up inside of me. And that joy can be expressed. And I know that I love it. You know, I, I really love it when, when people are joyful around me or, you know, joy just exudes from them. I love that. And I know that, that people would like to be around joyful people. And so I want to let that joy be expressed, you know, around other people. Don't just keep it to myself, but let them know that the, the, the Lord has really given me joy in my life. It says in the Catechism in paragraph, uh, let's see, paragraph 736, by this power of the Spirit, God's children can bear much fruit. He who has grafted us onto the true vine will make us bear the fruit of the Spirit. And he gives the, the list. They give the list love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We live by the Spirit. The more we renounce ourselves, the more we walk by the Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit, we are restored to paradise, led back to the kingdom of heaven and adopted as children, given confidence to call God Father and to share in Christ's grace, called children of light and given a share in eternal glory. We got a lot to be joyful for. And so when you're out there, uh, you can read some minds out there. You know that people want to be around joyful people. Be joyful. Express the joy of the Lord openly and don't be ashamed. How about peace? Shalom, shalom, right? In Hebrew, peace, this, this idea of, um, of uh, complete well-being, uh, peace. It's not, it's not just like 1960s, hey, peace, man. It's, it's, it's a deep harmony. It's a deep, deep uh, you know, peace inside of you that, that, uh, that the world is attracted to. They're attracted to peaceful people. And, uh, and I know as I'm talking to you or I'm talking to the flight attendant or anybody else out there that peace is a beautiful thing. And if I can express the peace that I have in my heart as a result of walking with the Lord, I know that you are attracted to that. Here's one that's really good, patience. And uh, patience, this is, wow, this is something that uh, I think we all can identify with really, really well. Uh, patience. Uh, first of all, what is patience? Well, it's the ability to wait through it and endure difficult circumstances, such, you know, such as trouble that we're in or a pain or a delay or some annoyance, you know, 
Um, it's not rushing or demanding immediate results, literally long suffering or the, or the ability to suffer for a long time, patience. And this is, this is something that causes a lot of problems in, in families, right? And we get upset with members of our family because they're not on time. We're going to leave. We're going to be late. Uh, you didn't get what I wanted at the store. And we, we just become impatient. But all the people that I run into, well, most of the people at least that I run into, I've read their minds. And they want me to be patient with them and <laughs> get, get a load of that. They want me to be patient with them. They don't even have to say it because I know that I want people to be patient with me. And so if I want people to be patient with me, I need to be patient with other people. Can you see, my friend, how the golden rule is expanding here? It, you treat others the way you'd want to be treated. Well, when we, we begin to look at all these topics, it's like, oh my gosh, I could do this all day long, you know, with the way that, the way that uh, I treat people in all the different categories Thomas Akempis said about patience, he said, endeavor to be always patient of the faults and imperfections of others, for thou has many faults and imperfections of thine own that require forbearance. My friend, you might be in that category, I am, you might be in that category where we would say, uh, I need, I need uh, people to be very patient with me. And I'm aware of that. People who work with me closely have to be patient because sometimes I don't get things in on time or I forgot something and they have to be patient. Listen, this week, if somebody doesn't get something to you on time or somebody doesn't meet your expectations as far as the clock goes, be patient. Read their mind. They want, to be, they want you to be patient with them because you want people to be patient with you. If we met ourselves and others, would we like them? Paragraph 1832 of the Catechism says, the fruits of the Spirit are perfections that the Holy Spirit forms in us as the first fruits of eternal glory. The tradition of the church lists 12 of them. We gave those earlier. But the point I wanted to make there, let me go back, is that the fruits of the Spirit are perfections that the Holy Spirit forms in us. If you're having a hard time being patient with other people, which is what you want them to be with you, you need to get closer to the Lord. You need adoration, prayer time, reading scripture, walking with God, asking him to help you to cultivate that patience. Another one is kindness. Kindness. Uh, oh, wow, this is a good one, isn't it? Kindness, 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 kindness. I like what it says, uh, Father uh, Lovasek. He wrote a, a wonderful book about the power of kindness. That book was called The Hidden Power of Kindness. You can look it up at Sophia Press. He said, he, po he points out in the book that even a kind smile or a small compliment can bring joy to someone. He says, I think we should resolve to pray to the Holy Spirit to ripen the fruit of kindness in us. Yeah, no, that's a good line, isn't it? Pray that God will ripen the fruit, ripen this kindness in our own lives. You know what? I'm immediately brought back, just now, brought back to the 1980s, and I was visiting a hospital. I was a young pastor at the time, and I was visiting a hospital, and uh, 
I think I was visiting my dad now that I come to think of it. And anyway, I was leaving the building and I was uh, getting ready to go on an elevator and a candy striper. Now, these were volunteers. They might still have them. I don't know. But a candy striper was getting into the elevator. She got in. She turned around and she looked at me with a beautiful smile and said, I think she said, are you having a good day or have a good day? And I, I literally was just immobilized. It was like, oh my gosh, that kind smile, those kind words. And the, and the elevator shut. And I don't know where she went. And I literally was so touched by her kindness that I tried to find out what floor she got off on because I was going to go and thank her. I never did see her again. It makes me kind of wonder if that was an angel or something. But uh, I think most angels are pretty kind. But she... She exuded such kindness, and it really changed my day. And here I am. What is it? That was like 1989, something like that. We're dealing with, you know, 30 years later. I'm still talking about it. Wow, this is powerful. I need to, I need to show kindness to people because I want to be treated with kindness. What about goodness? In You know, goodness is, is kind of a... Uh, the deliberate preference of right to wrong. It's the firm and persistent res- resistance of all moral evil and the choosing of moral good, you know. And, and, and I, need to, I need to do that. I need to choose the moral good in my interactions with other people because that's what they're desiring, right, for themselves. So I need to walk in goodness. And then we got faithfulness. So I'll go through these quickly. We got faithfulness, emunah in Hebrew. You want your friends to be loyal, don't you? Don't you? Aha, uh-huh. I read your mind. I read your mind. See that? See how that worked right there? I should go on the road with this because this is, this is an amazing gift that I, that I have. And I'd like to hear from you. Do you have this gift too? Send me an email. The Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. And, and, and go to Instagram. Jeff Cavins on Instagram. I'd like to hear on Instagram your thoughts about this. I really would. You know, do you want your friends to be loyal to you? Of course you do. Then be loyal. Be faithful. Be faithful. You want faithfulness in your marriage? Be faithful. Gentleness. It's responding to all circumstances without hurrying or harshness. I know you want to be treated with gentleness. I know that. And you know what? I do too. And so... We don't, want, we don't want to be treated in a harsh way. We want tenderness, controlled strength, uh, even-tempered quietness. Uh, that's what we're looking for in our lives. We don't want to be you know, yelled at and, and uh, treated harshly. By the way, this is a real word for all of you fathers who have daughters. Be gentle. You want it in your own life. Be gentle to them. Do to them the way you would want to be treated. And then self-control is a big deal. Self-control, the ability to restrain our impulses and govern our desires rather than being enslaved to them. Self-control stops us from expressing anger sinfully and enables us to allow anger to emerge properly. Be controlled, self-control. Get a hold of your passions. You can do it. And you want to be treated that way by other people. You don't want people out of control in your life. Well, don't get out of control in their life, right? 
All right. So here's, here's an interesting observation. It's an interesting phenomenon at work in, in all of our relationships, and that is that when, for example, one person yells at another, what's the automatic response? The automatic impulse is to yell back. And this is true of all the virtues. What you sow is what you reap. And if you are uh, kind to someone, they're going to be kind back. So in conclusion, I want to take something from Father Lavasek's uh, book, The Hidden Power of Kindness, but you can kind of apply this to every aspect of the way we treat other people. And you can fill in the blank as far as the, the virtue and the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, he says there's three don'ts. Don't speak unkindly of anyone. Uh, you can now fill in the blanks. Don't be unfaithful to anyone. Don't be uh, out of control with anyone, right? Uh, don't be uh, uh, impatient with anyone. That's number one. Number two, don't think unkindly about anyone. Don't think about being unfaithful. Don't think about uh, being impatient. Don't think about being unkind uh, with people. That's a good thing, right? And number three, don't act unkindly towards anyone. Don't act unfaithfully. Don't act out of control. Don't act with with uh, a lack of kindness towards people, right? In an unkindly way. So it's don't speak, don't think, don't act, but do three things. Speak kindly of someone at least once a day. Think, And you can do this with all the categories that I mentioned on the show today. Uh, number two, think kindly about someone at least once a day and do an act of kindness to someone at least once a day. So whatever you're working on here, as far as all the categories that I mentioned, you can you can speak kindly, think kindly, and you can do kindly. You can be faith. You can you can speak uh, in a faithful way, uh, think in a faithful way, and act in a faithful way. You know that people want to be treated all of these all of these ways. So, in conclusion, let's tr- let's try this. Say, I know that this is the way I would want to be treated, so I will treat people. Uh, I will I will treat people today with self-control. I will treat people today with gentleness. I will be faithful. I will walk in goodness. I will be kind. I will be patient. I'll promote peace. I'll exhibit joy. I will walk in love. I will be understanding and forgiving. Why? I can read your mind, and I know you want to be treated this way. Oh, one last thing. You wouldn't want other people just to pretend they're doing these things, would you? I didn't think so. You see, I was right again. Am I good or what about reading minds? Well, it's been good to be with you today, and I hope that you've enjoyed our time together talking about uh, the fact that I've learned to read minds. I know you can too, and I'd like to hear from you. And so give me uh, give me some uh, some response on Instagram. It's Jeff Cavins. Or my email is the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. I so look forward to being with you every week. And this week I do come to you deep in the woods of Minnesota wearing my gun club Stetson fur hat and uh, just having a good time being with you. Let me close in prayer. I do want to pray for you uh, regarding the things we've talked about today. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, I thank you for my friend and I I, I know, Lord, that in all seriousness, that we we know how we want to be treated. Help us, Lord, to treat other people that way. 
and that you have you have genuinely given us this golden rule, something that we can take into every circumstance, every relationship, every every single encounter in our lives. Help us, Lord, to go beyond just believing in it and putting it into practice, because we know we would like others to treat us this way as well. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love you and you have a great week.